0: love. Noun. An intense feeling of deep affection. A deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. A great interest and pleasure in something. Verb. To like or enjoy very much.
1: What's up everybody? I'm Tanya and welcome back to another episode of Postscripts. For those of you that aren't aware, Postscripts is Polemical Zine's podcast series, and a new episode comes out with every new issue of the magazine. This issue of the magazine dwells into the theme of love. Now that word can be dissected into so many categories and types. But most popularly, society recognizes romantic love the most. We do recognize other relationships of love with family and friends, but on specific days like Mother's Day or Family Day. But popular culture raves about romantic love in a way that we almost don't even realize it now. We've become accustomed to the idea of romance making its way into every gossip magazine, movie, and song, but also on our social media. We as people have created our profiles to include our basic information, like our age or nationality, but we never fail to mention our relationship status. And even with that, the options are limited. You're either single, in a relationship, or complicated. So how basic is this information? chat came out with its best friend list, we were constantly looking to change our status from single to in a relationship. I for one think that friendships are essential. I would even argue that we prioritize friendships over romantic relationships because if you think about it, on your first day of kindergarten, you're most likely looking for an Olaf than a Kristoff. Friends are the constant people regardless of what happens in life i came across a friendship that was very wholesome and surprisingly these people also make really good music untitled from florida might have your next favorite song hi i am
0: kevin moody one half of untitled and i'm alex fredomo the other half
1: Okay, awesome. So tell me about your music and how love kind of comes together and uh, work for you guys.
2: Oh, man, that's, that's such a loaded question. I feel like there's so much <laughs> to dissect there. It's hard to categorize our music. It's always kind of evolving, but we identify it as sort of like indie R&B, centralized around, you know, love and relationships and that sort of thing. Our latest EP it's called racehorse that came out in December, uh, is not, it's not exclusive
0: to love and relationships, but it's an interesting, uh, line that that one rides. Cause even though it arguably has the least amount of like love content in it, like before we did racehorse, it was pretty exclusively about love the yeah. songs we made. And even though racehorse is the first time we really talk about just like our life and struggles that we might have in our life um it also at the same time the situations about love within that ep are very like hard on the sleeve and very real it's just like very authentic i don't know it's a really vulnerable thing to even just like put yourself out there
2: you know singing on a track making records like that but then it's even more vulnerable to be like talking about personal experiences and like you know knowing that people are going to hear this and for sure
1: My favorite song is Butterfly on Racehorse, and I think it's just throughout that album, at least, or majority of your music, I think it's very, like, positive and happy vibes for me when I listen to it. I'm just, like, jamming to it, and it just creates that nostalgic feeling, especially with Butterfly. get a lot of, you know, high school and the 80s kind of vibe. That's awesome, yeah.
2: Definitely a lot of nostalgic vibes, a lot of retro throwback sounds. Um, all over it, sure. all over it. Uh, yeah. Butterfly is a really fun one. That one is like, I don't know. We always try to with, with each project. This is only the second EP that we've ever made, um, but with each one we try and have like we try and build a bit of an arc of like you know what what's like the train this is taking and so like the beginning song uh is called blur it's sort of like this overture or opening to the album and we sort of address some like fears and anxieties and insecurities about like where we are in our life right now and just the future in general and then because Second that's because that's a very real like time capsule of like where we are right now for sure and then the second song it sort of deviates from that it's kind of like polar opposite of just like pure yeah yin and yang Yeah, like, oh, I'm in love. (laughs) Oh, my God, don't even.
1: That's my favorite part. Every time that that part comes on, I don't know what it is. I'm instantly smiling. That's my favorite part in the whole song. The music, the lyrics, all of it just goes so well together for me. It's all a
0: balance. And the beautiful thing about love is it's not always about the happy times. It's just about the experience growing with someone, whether it's, you know, going through some bad times and growing and becoming better. Or just like, you know, the happy times. And Butterfly just kind of, like, it puts the happy times in a box. And I remember when we were writing that one, it was like the big middle finger to the people that uh
2: were like, man, all you guys write is love songs. Here's another love song. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me guess. Um, I think another-
1: that's so interesting, though, because literally any artist that you can think of, majority of the time, all of the music that they have is talking about, you know, a, a different person sure. and expressing love.
0: And, you know, a thing that we've talked about before uh, when we hear stuff like that is, like, there's so much more to love than just, like, what meets the eye. It's not all the falling deeper, I can't lie, you know, when I'm with you, all I get is butterflies. It's not all about butterflies. There are hardships. And there, there's so many different uh, topics within love that can be addressed musically
1: so yeah i guess going a little bit more into the theme of our edition which is love i snooped a little bit <laughs> like through your instagram and, and there's this beautiful bromance that you guys share so how has that bromance helped shape your music
2: wow that's a great question thank you i try <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah i don't know I, alice and i've known each other for like i we've stopped counting but it's like something like 10 years
0: right long time a uh, really long time I mean well it makes our music better just like from an objective point of view because part of our like relationship is like we know each other so well that we could just be honest and real with each other definitely so that there, helps things a lot there, there's no fear of like hurting each other's feelings or like nothing's too precious or valuable. Like at the end of the day, we're just looking out for each other and trying to make the best content, whether it's in music or outside of music. We're just, when it comes to like creative collaboration, um, that's like a
2: really big hurdle is for a just, lot of people. For a lot of people is just learning to, to not take things personally, you know? And so Alex and I have developed I don't even think it's like thick skin, I think it's just we know where we're coming from of like we're not like, trying to hurt each it's other. It's not feelings. yeah, it's not personal. It's just like we want the other person to have when we're working dust. on stuff, whether it's melodies or lyrics or and instruments, it. ideas, like it's just whatever is going to get the job done most quick and, and most efficiently. So it, it, sometimes it's just like, nah, that's, that is not it.
0: That ain't it, chief. And then it's like, <laughs> cool, moving on no, no hard feelings. And then lyrically, sometimes for us, uh, it's also helpful just being really close because sometimes like, even though, you know, all our music is sang by the both of us, like, it's not – every song isn't about the two of us. Some songs are about, ex- like, Kevin experiences or Alex experiences or, sure. like, y- you know, like, somewhere in the middle. Like, there, there are things we both relate to, but there are definitely songs where it's it, – this is a Kevin song or this is an Alex song. And, and, and yeah. you know, knowing each other so well, like, there are times when – I could spawn a song that is from Kevin's yeah, yeah Kevin's yeah. perspective or Kevin could spawn a song from Alex's perspective and then we could we get new content that our closeness uh only spawns better material. Okay,
1: awesome. With uh your audience, what kind of friendship do you guys want to build with them?
0: Um it's hard because we, we have like a good a group of people that like show us a lot of love on the internet and like for the most part like it's really like a small collective so like we're familiar with them and we exchange words with just about everybody that is into our music so for us it's like we're acquainted uh, in in the future when it grows you know I would hope to have like just a very authentic and real like perception of us where people know that like Despite our serious subject matter sometimes, and this and that, like, we're two pretty goofy guys that just like having a good time, and then we have a goofy friend circle, and like, we just like making content that people feel connected to, and we like having fun.
1: We all listen to music, but how many of us really listen to music? And by that I mean connect with the lyrics and the meaning of it. I enjoy music on a day-to-day basis, but I have certain songs that have helped me deal with tough times and also happy ones. I think music plays such a big role in solidifying your relationship with people and also yourself. We have songs that play at events that have the ability to capture a moment in time. They're a song that we jam to with our best friends, and every couple has their song that they'll probably dance to on their wedding day. Weddings, birthdays, graduation, you name it, all these events that we consider crucial in our life, we've popularly captured them in form of photographs that we hope to look upon one day and go on this nostalgic trip to a good time. These events portray a form of love in a very different way that we often don't see and who better to know what love looks
3: like better than a wedding photographer. Hi my name is Roxanne Duke. I'm 20 years old and I'm a photographer in the Halton region. I looked at your photos
1: and I was like oh my god this is really really great. I think there's like a deeper story within it rather than just like what it yes seems on the outside. So uh, what made you want to start Uh, getting photos of
3: couples or because I know you do a lot of wedding photography as well. Yeah, so it kind of was, like, a snowball effect. So I have always been interested in media when I was a kid. Like, thank God, like, I really wasn't allowed to use YouTube because I used to make videos all the time with my friends. And, like, <laughs> we would, like, dress up as celebrities and, like, interview each other. Um, so I always, like, loved working with um, media as a medium. Um, and then, you know, that kind of snowballed into getting into photography and, like, shooting with my, like, iPod. I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, major throwbacks. (laughs) Um, but I think I kind of figured out pretty early that I just loved photographing people and just learn their story because I think for me like that's such a captivating part of any kind of photography is the story that's behind the images. Yeah I love that I think it's interesting because
1: when you're in that space with a couple you're kind of like observing rather than being in that moment with them what's that like being the third eye
3: observing that very intimate moment yeah so it's actually it's so funny that you mentioned that because on my website like one of my home pages says like I promise like I'm a really good third wheel because that's like basically what I am like (laughs) I I tell people all the time like my professional job is to watch people make out like it's like (laughs) you know like it's literally just to and I, I think you really have to be comfortable with, with people making out. Oh yeah, like, and I'm, I'm very kind of energetic and like in people's faces. And like, it's funny too because a lot of the times I'm actually more comfortable with it than they are. Um, I a lot of clients who are, yeah, who like really don't want to touch or like embrace each other, but, uh, it kind of, I, I really have started to focus on like getting to know my clients before I shoot them. Uh, so typically like with weddings, for example, um, I have like a questionnaire on my website that asks like, Just some pretty simple questions, like, about the details of their day. I ask them, like, what their favorite episode of The Office is, like, stuff like that. I try not to take it too seriously. So I try to kind of tailor my shooting style to the types of clients that I'm photographing. Um, and then there's like other things that I do that I I don't think are necessarily as obvious. Like I, although I have like a collection of lenses that I use, typically when I'm shooting um, just a couple, I won't use any lenses that are like very big and in your face because I feel like going in and taking a photo of someone it, it's so intimidating and also kind of invasive for them. Like if they don't understand like the gear or what's happening, it's just kind of like it, I think it makes people more uncomfortable. I love, like, especially with engagement sessions, I tell people, like, what's your favorite activity? Like, what do you love to do? Like, let's go. Like, I'm down to, like, drive two hours north and go on a hike and just, like, spend some time together. Um, Because that's, like, I think people can actually really just relax a little bit and enjoy the process. (laughs) Oh, wow. Like, you're really
1: committed to your craft if you're, like, let's drive two hours.
3: Yeah. Like, I'm definitely, like, I will do anything and everything for the I've swam with my camera. I've like, dressed <laughs> all kinds of stuff because I I think that, like, a huge part of, like, capturing people's lives and, like, special moments in their lives is, like, I really don't care about my gear. Even some of my favorite photos I've taken are, like, technically wrong. Like they're errors or they're out of focus or anything like that. But I, I don't know. I I just find it's all about capturing that moment. What is it like observing people in love? And do you think at all
1: it affects you in your own relationship at all?
3: I think that it definitely influences and has influenced the way I view a lot of my relationships, like not even my romantic relationship, but even like my relationships with my family and my friends. Like I find, especially with weddings, it is so revealing um, to see how people treat their family members, how they treat their partner and also how they treat um, their vendors and like the people that they hire to be a part of their day. Um, I've been really lucky in the sense that all of the clients that I've worked with, I really haven't had any issues with. Um, so I think that it has shown me a lot of different sides of people because you get people at their most vulnerable, I think, uh, when you're capturing love of any form, like even with families or newborns, like those moments are so tender. Um, and it is really unique to kind of see that from an outside perspective. Um, I think that it really has made me like very thankful for what I have, um, I find, like, I cry at every wedding. Like, Oh, my <laughs> God, so me too. Into, like, <laughs> yeah, I get so invested, like, into the emotion of it. And um, it leaves, like, a very tender spot in my heart, which I, I feel like is the reason that I do this.
1: I feel like this is probably every girl that's grown up in a society. You know, you always think that, oh, my God, one day I'm going to have this amazing big wedding, you know, with my family. Yeah. and With this person that I love. But uh, over the years, I feel like I've kind of um, had a change of heart. And I'm like, you know, as long as I'm with the person that I love, I don't really need to get married. But every time I go to a wedding, there's always something about weddings that always makes me feel like this is just something that you need to experience. Um, Just because it makes you feel that much closer to everybody and makes you like value everybody so much more i don't know what it is <laughs> because there's so much um there's a lot of happiness and it's conveyed
3: in like a really weird form where everyone's kind of crying yeah I, no it's, it's it is it's very unifying i always leave every wedding just like i feel like i'm like oh I can't wait to marry like my partner, or I can't wait to like see my cousins get married, or like you know, it's not always wedding related, but I think it, it just it leaves like a very tender spot in my heart.
1: Weddings themselves play a massive role in creating a fairy tale. It's in every rom-com and every Disney princess movie ends with one. But no one ever talks about what goes into keeping that fairy tale alive after the wedding, now that you've sworn your life to be with your significant other for potentially ever. Although the idea of coming home to someone you love is beautiful, is it just that easy though? How do you create a home for yourself when someone is constantly going to be in your space, when the honeymoon phase fades? How do you keep the spark alive? I had all these questions because one of political staff members, Andrea Valdivia, from Australia, submitted a series of her artwork, and she called it You Are Home. So hey Andrea, what was your inspiration behind the name for this project?
4: My main inspiration was my relationship with my husband, Slash, um, I like to call him partner. The series started because I wanted a portrait of us doing what we love—that is, just chilling, listening to music, and just doing us. I thought about some friends that I really liked their relationship, and when we hang out, we used to like talk about what we do at home, and one of them was um, having brunch, and then it was just the other. My other friend told me like about talking long conversations uh, when you're about to go to sleep after a party and those little things I found them really beautiful and I and I said why not to just portray them and it gives this sentiment of like being close to someone to see this so I just painted it and um, that's why it made me feel closer because I had those times with my my partner too but Having it in paper, it's like a photo, but for me, have, like having a photo is not as intimate as a painting. I don't know why, it's just me. <laughs> and, oh,
1: wow, that's very interesting. I never thought about that, especially when you are um, in a relationship with someone and, you know, obviously things start to get serious and then a lot of people end up, end up moving in, right? And I think a big thing that they discount from you know, being with that partner is realizing that, you know, in the future, if this goes anywhere, you will be spending a lot of your time together with them at home.
4: Exactly. Like that person becomes (laughs) part of like your little home. Like when you say you want to go home, it's being with that person pretty much.
1: I think it really makes you realize that there's no kind of time to be alone with yourself. And if you enjoy being alone with yourself, like personally speaking, I enjoy my alone time. I really enjoy just cooking by myself, like cleaning, listening to music. Like for me, that is just something that I enjoy. And I don't know how it's going to be when I decide to move in with my boyfriend or, you know, with anybody else. Like, I feel like that's going to take away a part of me. And just because I do enjoy my special, uh, you know, me time... It, yeah, it's going to be like, well, okay, like, I'm going to go live in a hotel now so I can have my alone time. <laughs> like, I feel like I have to create that kind of um,
4: arrangement. Well, it's because when you uh, first first in with someone, you have to compromise in, like, the middle. Like, I understand being like, oh, like, I need, like, some time to cry and just watch my movie. Like, I'm fine. Nothing is wrong between us. And yeah. he'll be like, are you okay? And like, yes, I am okay. Like, I just, I just do this. Like, it's fine. Like, this is part of. It. I just do it sometimes and that's it. And he will be like, yeah, but like, you seem depressed. And I will be like, no, it's just fine. Like, it's, it's me time. Like, it's fine. And then yeah. like, I wouldn't notice that I would invade his space too at the beginning when we first moved in. And he'll, I'll be like, hey, what do you want to do? And he's like, I don't know, I'm just doing some music and just, like, chilling. And I'm like, oh, do you want to watch a movie? I'm like, no, I'm just uh, doing some music or, like, I'm just doing my thing. And I'll be like, oh, I don't know, I'm just asking because you're home. So I don't <laughs> Why not do something together and I'll be like, oh. So at the end, like, you find time to spend together and then find time to be by yourself in the same home that you're never really alone, but you find the perfect a compromise so you're like okay we hang out from this time to this time then i'll do my paintings and you'll be doing your music and i won't interrupt you and we'll see each other like in five hours yeah i think that's a good compromise (laughs) yeah it is otherwise you drive yourself crazy
1: Yeah, I think it's also like in the honeymoon stage, I guess, people just want to be together always with their, you know, other person and having friends from high school who had their boyfriends, they would spend uh, lunch with them, they would spend, you know, time after classes with them. And then they would also, you know, go to each other's house and then have dinner together and whatever, you know, it would be just like that ongoing thing. I guess they don't realize like that sometimes they need their own time. Because for me, I'm currently in a long distance relationship. So anytime that I am with my partner, I try to make the most out of it. And that means like not leaving any time alone for him or for myself. But that translating into, I don't know, maybe um, even like a weekend or something when we're together, like I do find myself in a little bit of a struggle to be like, oh, I kind of want my own space now you know you can go
4: home now I'm done (laughs) so I guess you intensify like the contact and the time together for a certain period because you know that you're not going to see him after for a while so like that makes it more intense and it is natural well it's also like when you're with someone you cannot just dedicate yourself to do your thing you cannot paint or like write or do anything if you're with that person all the time So that's also, like, a big frustration because you don't get work done if you're constantly just having a good time with that person. And then it's like, damn, now I don't feel productive.
1: (laughs) Okay, so so I guess we agree that we both enjoy some part of uh, being alone by ourselves. And I also find that, so let's say I spend, like, a weekend or a week with with my boyfriend and he's over, and all of a sudden he leaves, right? Uh, I guess I'll enjoy my... Like alone time for a few hours. But after after that moment of just enjoying my alone time, I'll suddenly have this moment of like sadness, kind of just like really feeling separated and
4: I don't know, a lonesome. Well, definitely. That's why I paint pretty much. And I used to paint him a lot because we did a long distance relationship for over a year. He visited me in that year just for a month and um I think that's why painting him made me a bit closer to him because I do miss those I used to miss those moments a lot and um we were in different countries so being like missing him was um a big part of my day painting him was what helped me the most and talking to him daily at least I am a person that needs a lot of um attention (laughs) not attention but like (laughs) I need to be close to someone, and then if we just come home from work and don't hang out and go to sleep, I do feel that something's wrong. I don't know why. Nothing's wrong, but I will feel like, oh, something is not right. Like I will, <laughs> like what's going on? And he will be like, I'm just tired, and I'm like, oh, I love you. <laughs> love me. <But it's> just- <laughs> exactly. Kind of like just love me. Come on, tag me into bed, and then go
1: to
0: your sleep. I love it
4: I can I can totally resonate to
1: that I love it and, and and for me and my boyfriend we're we're actually very um actually very affectionate in terms of like how we show it in our body language and sometimes I find that too like If we've been out all night and then we come back, and you know, for me, I'm taking off my makeup or whatever, usually, like, is awake until I actually come into bed and you know, we cuddle and then we go to bed. But sometimes, if he's extremely like tired, he just like falls asleep. And then I come in and I see that he's asleep. And I'm just like, oh, Uh okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, no,
4: I feel that (laughs) for sure. Yeah. I'm like, do you not love me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Being in love
1: and wanting to be loved in a relationship is a given. But finding that balance of loving yourself and someone else is as hard as juggling. And you'll only get better by practicing. I guess whether that's to find that perfect balance in a relationship or actually juggling because if you're already a clown you might as well be a good one love has a partner called sex and in today's reality those two words have been used interchangeably modern day hookup culture has further blurred the lines when it comes to understanding the meaning of love, because we definitely needed that. Love, especially romantic, is hypersexualized in any given situation. You can look at advertising, movies, and even celebrities. I found a lot of this frustration towards this hypersexualized view of love in one of the pieces from the magazine.
5: Hi, so I'm Ash Moon. Um, I wrote the piece Am I Frigid for Polemical, which I'm really excited that you guys received. been amazing. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I loved it when I first read it. I thought there was a side of, I guess, conversation about love that you don't traditionally tend to have with your friends or or anybody else.
5: Well, it was just like a a thought in my head. And you know, when you're journaling, you just need to get something out. And I was like, kind of angry. And I was thinking about like my ex, the who I wrote about in the piece,:
1: I think we celebrate those conversations that one person has with themselves, and I think it's so much more valuable to yourself. I think' it's, it's a moment of reflection. So I know that you said that you wrote it about your ex. Um, yeah. so now when you read it, how do you feel reading it? I feel
5: I don't know, it's a bit complicated, I guess there's like lots of layers of emotion. I feel a bit mm-hmm. cringy as well because I remember. <laughs> I remember the the memories I guess and what it was like and I'm just I'm like how did I let myself be in that situation? It's so awful. <laughs> Um but I also feel proud that I recognized it eventually and stepped out.
1: Yeah, so do you think that we live in a society that is hypersexualized? I guess separate from just, you know, mainstream media and advertising, which is already so hypersexualized. But just in terms of how people view um, other relationships, especially when they're romantic.
5: Yes, I do completely. I really do. I think there's a lot of pressure to have successful and like hyper sexy, like porno sex all the time. Um, I think it's really hard particularly if you don't have a massive sex drive, or even if you do, to feel like you're you're doing it in the right way or you're listening to yourself and you're doing it for what actually feels pleasurable rather than a performance thing. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of pressure around having a lot of sex and about what it looks like rather than what it feels like for you as an individual or as a couple.
1: Yeah, I think it's so hard because even though a relationship when they're romantic, it's you sharing that with, you know, one or more people. Mm. But it really takes on the pressure from what everybody else has to say about that relationship. And you become so self conscious. And the fact that it's able to take over how you interact with this one person on an intimate level is very toxic.
5: Yeah, completely. And you're so vulnerable, aren't you? Like, you're naked. I mean, often you're naked and you have to, yeah, show every part of yourself to somebody, which is, you know, really beautiful as well, but also can be so terrifying. I think,
1: you know, like when you are in a relationship, people are so focused on, you know, um, is it good? Do do you do this? Does that person do that? But also when you're single, it's like, Did you go out with anyone? Do you have a new date? Why can't you you ask
5: me, like, what book I'm reading or what really delicious cake I ate yesterday or if I'm going to go and do something fun? It's always
1: around sex. No one's ever like, did you guys have a nice picnic at the park? Yeah. Or did you guys go roller skating? Or I don't know. Did you guys throw ice at each other? I don't know.
5: I think the thing that really frustrated me, that maybe this was the thing that made me write it, actually, was so many people said to me, oh, don't worry, Ash. It's, It's just a phase. It's just a phase you'll get through this and then soon you'll be on the dating game again and I was like maybe it isn't a phase maybe this is me for the rest of my life and also maybe this is a really good thing like why would I want to get out I have so much more mental space not constantly focusing on whether I fancy someone at the moment like all of that brain space you know when you have a crush on someone and even when you're sort of like, you might be working, you might be going for a run, you might be doing anything. And your brain constantly is flicking towards that person, like whether they've thought about you, whether they've noticed a message, whether they're...
1: No, I completely agree. And also, even though you want to allow yourself to be, I guess, alone, society shames you for being lonely. And even in that, there's standards, like if you're a man who's single in his 40s, you're okay. You know why? Because you focused on your career. You're yeah. doing this and that's why. But you are if you're a woman, oh, you don't have a boyfriend? Oh, you don't have a husband? Why not?
5: Yeah, like, there must be something wrong with you. Like you're an old maid. Whereas a guy and a woman yeah, is like I an think, old maid. There must be something wrong with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awful, and it's
1: it? one of the things that, that pisses me off is, well, this hasn't happened for a while because... Um, I've been with my partner for over two years now, but I, I know before when when I would tell people I was single, they would be like, yeah, you don't seem like somebody that would be single or that would not have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, are you telling me that I'm boring by myself? Like, are you telling me that I'm way too cool to be with somebody else? I don't know.
5: Yeah, or do I think it just means, do I think it sounds like, I don't know, inappropriate to be single. So you're obviously a better person if you're not single so you wouldn't seem single. (laughs) Yeah, weird. (laughs) Love and romance is so commercialized these days that a lot of us don't even know what love really feels like. But it should be this shiny thing that we can access all the time and it should be really romantic and there should be like kissing in the rain and all of this stuff so that when we actually do find love we're not sure what it feels like or how much work actually goes into it.
1: Yeah, kissing in the rain
5: is just disgusting.
1: (laughs) It is. Like, how are you breathing? Like, I don't understand it. Like, you can't breathe because there's constant rain, but your (laughs) mouth is shoved into somebody else's mouth. So Uh... you're, like, killing yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, it's so gross. I don't understand.
5: That's
1: hilarious. I think... Society and media has painted such an unrealistic image of what romance is and what love is that it's so hard to find it.
5: Yeah, completely. And there's so much pressure to find it and do the right thing, isn't there? It's constantly like, oh, buy this for your romantic partner or buy this for the person that you fancy or do this or go on this date and rather than just enjoy getting to know somebody.
1: Talking about love, I realized that no one ever really questions the idea of love at all. It exists in a very successful way in our society. I was reading a book by Lori Penny called Unspeakable Things, and she mentions how in many social situations, it is now more acceptable to say that you don't believe in God than it is to say that you don't believe in love. an integral part of essentially everyone's life, that people do the most for it. They spend money, energy, and sometimes even risk their lives just for love. We've created axioms like love is blind, love at first sight, that have led generations of people to find love, when in reality the only person blind to love is Mark. (laughs) If you know, you know what I'm talking about. Love, regardless of how crooked and inconvenient it might seem, we have always found ways to love people and things. And I, out of everybody, encourage you to find love in the little things that spark joy in you. So that's a wrap on this episode of Postscripts. Thank you for joining me as I find answers to questions that don't exactly have a right answer, because love comes with no boundaries. The polemical team and I would love to hear what you thought of this episode, and I'd also like to thank all the contributors. Who have taken their time to speak with me today. You can find all their pieces linked in the description and if you would like to submit your work for our next issue where we'll be talking about dreams, make sure to email us. I know that this time is hard for everyone everywhere and I hope that you and your loved ones are safe and make sure that you're taking time for yourself. And most of all, Take advantage of this time to explore your creative side a little bit more. I'm Tanya, and I hope that wherever you are, your day is as beautiful as
3: you are. (laughs) Cheers!